The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! The backfield, exploding down the sidelines. This is Hanging with the Boys, presented by Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Now, your hosts, Nate Newton, Kurt Daniels, Jesse Holly, and Shannon Gross. Brought to you by Wingstop. Look at this, boys. The bag is secured today. It is Wingstop Wednesday. I just got my wings delivered. I haven't even opened the bag. I'm about to open it up and see what's in here. Anybody else get any food today? Oh, yeah. Jesse Holly, can, you, can yeah. you talk right now? What's up? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Man, so you're going to have to forgive me because I'm going to eat during the show today. So. This may be a very awkward show, but thank you. Shouts out to Wingstop. They got their new cowboy flavor. You, I'll explain, explain that here in a minute once we try all this stuff. Oh my goodness, that looks great. That looks delicious. Fellas, how are we doing today? All right, all right. Thank you for everything, Wingstop. Thank you, oh. Shannon. Thank you, Wingstop. Yes, don't thank me, you. Wingstop. So, fellas, we got a little bit of football to talk about. It's Wednesday. That means we have moved on from the Rams, the, the, the upsetting defeat on Sunday night, and now we are shifting our focus and looking forward to those dirty birds coming in from Atlanta, the Atlanta Falcons. What do we expect this game to turn into? We're going to look at the Cowboys offense first and then uh, Falcons defense, but you know, I want to get it started by, do you guys expect, by the way, Jesse, I had some audio difficulties yesterday. Thank you for taking and putting both hands firmly on the wheel and driving this show all the way the whole 45 minutes to the end. I think you did a great job. Appreciate you taking over for me. It's nice just to sit back and, and watch and observe and listen. It was very, very nice for once. Gave me a little break. Yeah. I appreciate so, it, man. Thank you. Uh, hey. Thank you. Hey, Shannon, so is it – I thought we was doing – is it the Falcons offense or our offense? Cowboys. Cowboys, Cowboys. okay. Cool, cool. Our cool. offense. So let's start it off, okay. Nate, since, cool. since your mouth's not full like Jesse. We'll start with you. Uh, <laughs> wide receiver, we talked a lot about before the season started, are there enough balls to go around? This, this past game, Cooper had 14 targets. CeeDee Lamb had six. Gallup had five. Is that – do you look – to see the ball distribution similar to that in this game, or do you think they're going to mix it up a little bit where any week any one of these guys could be your your highest targeted receiver? Any week one of these guys could be your highest targeted receiver, depending on how the matchups go. We should have a great, a, a good enough offense that when the head coach and the offensive coordinator look at these guys, what is our best matchup? What, what, how can we scheme this thing so for us to be successful? Much like Atlanta last week, uh, the Dallas Cowboys should be looking to get a fast start with our offense, uh, get things rolling. But far as word about uh, guys being able to, uh, how many touches, how many catches, how many targets, that should never be an issue on this team because you, week in and week out, guys will be open due to the fact that we do have uh, wide receivers that can get open. Jesse? 
Got to put the wing down for a second. <laughs> Thank you, Wingstop. I truly do appreciate all the great stuff that you do for us when you do it for us the way that you do it. So we appreciate you. And I don't have my styrofoam cup, but I got my, my Wingstop water. Okay, so I got my Wingstop water because I forgot my styrofoam cups at home. Now, what's the question again? I'm sorry. The, uh, question? the wide receiver targets. distribution ah, yes. of targets. Yeah. No, here's the thing. Number four is going to throw the ball to the guy who is open, okay? Now, he has to do, and this team has to do a better job. See, when you start talking about touches, when you start talking about distribution, when you start talking about all these things that come with offense, you need sustained drives. The Cowboys last week were like 30% on third down, three for 12, 33% like that on third downs which tells me we did a whole lot of punting and we did not sustain drives. We didn't have those 8, 10, and 12 play drives, multiple, you know, 8, 10, and 12 play drives a game. When you get those type of drives, those long drives that eat up clock, that keep the opposing teams, uh, uh, the opposing team's defense on the field, what end up happening now is you start to get a groove. You start to find, you know, you have more plays and you're able to go out there and distribute the ball in different places. If the Cowboys are finding themselves in a lot of third downs and not converting on those third downs, then they're limiting their opportunities to go, uh, uh, to go down the field on drives and distribute the ball all across the field. When you do that, you get guys in rhythm, you get the defense off kilter, and now you're able to produce more points, more rhythm, more guys are getting the ball because there's more opportunities available. Can I can I ask a really really dumb question? Do you guys mind that? I know never, it happens never, from never, time to time. Never, never stopped you before. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> so we know that that a couple years ago they tried a uh, receiver by committee that obviously didn't work. Is there any drawbacks to having like you're basically having a receiver by committee now? They're just all really good receivers. Do you need but do you need a lead dog? Do you need a guy that has to step up? And, do you need Amari Cooper to be better than everybody else? No, uh, and I, I think he is. I think Amari Cooper is better than everybody else. I think he's been better than everybody else. Um, I, I don't think – CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup, yeah. they aren't on the same level as Amari Cooper. Feel how you want to feel about him. They aren't on the same level. We, we may speak about them as a group – but they are not in the same class of what Amari Cooper has done in this league and what he's still able to do in this league. Those two aren't in that that class just yet. But, you know, the, the thing that, ma that makes them special is you don't have a lot of teams uh, with that type of ability that's young. You know, we don't. a lot of teams don't have that Michael Gallup that's up and coming. They don't have that uh, C.D. Lamb that – that, that come right out of college and, and can impact your team with his ability to punt, punt returning and his ability to go right in the slot this this soon and this early and understand basic coverages. So uh, I'm with you there, uh, young man, because the bottom line is Amari is the best. He can he can get off all, he can read coverages. He can get off the ball whether it's physically whether it's just him just running off the ball. Uh, uh, f uh, free and clear. He's an elite receiver. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you may question sometimes what happened mentally, but physically, and when he's on, when his chess game is on, he can roll, bro. Jesse, how, how, how far behind 
Cooper do you think Gallup is? And then what did you – we didn't talk a lot about it. What did you see out of CD? He had, what, 59 yards on, what, five, six catches the other night. What did you see out of him? For – let me answer the first question. How Michael Gallup is never going to be CD Lamb. He just isn't. There, there are some dudes who are just CD better. Lamb or Amari Cooper? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. Michael Gallup is not ever going to be uh, Amari Cooper. Some dudes are just better Robins. Some dudes are just better Batmans. That's just how the world's. That's how the world is made. Some some people are going to be the Batman. Some people are going to be the Robin, right? Nate, you you experienced that when you had right. you know you guys had your two headed monster at the receiver spot in Dallas right. in the early nineties, and then you saw what happened when number two tried to go be number one somewhere else. It didn't quite work so well, and 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 oftentimes we always try to elevate that next person well he could be this he could be that sometimes you just some there's a reason that robin had a role there's a reason for those sidekicks and i think Gallup is in the perfect spot like he is in the perfect position to just continue to be the number two and continue to go out there and rack up the yards and the catches and for cd lamb cd did exactly what i thought he would do he did exactly what i thought he would do and that's going to be his role his role is going to be that guy uh, maybe having more success on third downs, but he's going to be the guy who's going to have 50 to 70 yards a game because he's going to be the number three guy. He's not going to play every snap. He's going to come in on 11 personnel or whenever they're in 11 personnel, uh, barring any injuries, and he's going to be able to work across the middle. And sometimes he's going to have matchups where that safety doesn't go all the way outside to Amari Cooper, but stays in the middle of the field. And now he's he's, he's shell covered over top of him and Amari gets to work outside or Gallagher gets to work outside. So he's going to be in that 40, 50, 60, 75 yard. He may burst on the scene a game or two with the 100 yard game, but he's going to be right in that sweet spot of 50 to, you know, 40 to 50, 60, 70 yards a game just on four or five passes where he's, you know, doing a deep over or running some sort of a route where he has a lot of field to work with. It, it looks like the Falcons secondary is kind of a weak link for them. Do you, do you see it that way? Is this a chance that our passing game could really take off? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If they looked at the film last week of what happened to them uh, against uh, Seattle, this this should be just repeat what they done, execute how they handled their game plan with Seattle. And uh, pray, that you we'll t- uh, pray that your defense can get a few turnovers. But I, I am telling you that uh, this team can be beat. Uh, now, you got – Tack McKinley uh, and Grady Jarrett to deal with. And, and Fowler didn't play bad last year, last week. Uh, Dante Fowler, he didn't play great. But you got a few guys over there that if they get going up front, they can, they can, they can wreck some things and help that secondary. But their secondary is, is, is there for the pickings, my friend. Yeah, well, that that's where the secondary is a weak link. That defensive front's pretty strong. I mean, is that, you know, we struggled with the defensive front last weekend. Yeah, but you know, different week, and, and and as good as uh, Grady Jarrett plays, he's not what number ninety nine is. Yeah, he, he's not that. So it, it, let's don't get it confused. Uh, Dante Fowler got to pick his. And if he pick his game up, and tick uh, and, and McKinley keep doing what he's doing, they're gonna be all right. Now Darius Deion Jones, number forty five, the middle linebacker. Uh, he's that hybrid type guy that can cover. He stays on the field. He can run sideline to sideline. He had a few tackle for losses uh, during the game. So they can get it up, but they started slow. Like we did against 
this Rams team, they started slow against uh, a team that, that knows their business in their quarterback. And, uh, and they had them alive, man. They had them alive. Uh, it's some bad things. They did offensively and special teams Atlanta that crushed them. But their defense, uh, because the game was into the third quarter, uh, late in the third quarter, it was 14-12. Uh, to 12. So it took teams a chance to get going, but some special teams uh, mess-ups by Atlanta and some uh, defensive breakdowns in the secondary hurt them in some one-on-one matches. D.K. Metcalf took uh, Isaac deep, about 40 yards, bomb. Then they came back and tried to get a uh, fake field goal, and boom, they messed that up and had a fumble. And all of a sudden, they back on their 38, and they're trying to defend that, and they get a touchdown. So that thing went from uh, 14 to 12 to about a 28 to 12 explosion. And their defense was the was the blunt of all of this. And then that's when their uh, the Atlanta Falcons offense took off. Looks like we might have lost Shannon here. I'm not sure. Oh, I'm, I'm back in the saddle again, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go, man. But to 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 answer that, to kind of answer, add more to what Nate was saying um, uh, about that for for this Cowboys offense. And I've told myself this going forward for the rest of this week that I'm going to chalk up last week as preseason game three, and this starts yeah. our regular season right here. Because I, I do, and I've had a bunch of arguments with a lot of different media pundits all across the DFW, uh, Twitter wars, all across uh, uh, that space. And I am a firm believer that preseason reps are necessary. And some people feel like we should, you know, abolish preseason. It's no need. It doesn't get need. I, 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 I don't buy that. I, I don't buy that. And I, I, I don't I, I don't. I yeah, hate I to be that. I'd hate to be that guy. But sometimes I have to be that guy that says. Stop telling me preseason reps don't matter when you've never played in a game. Like, you've never <laughs> been in the trenches before. And I don't like to do that, but I have to remind people, you can sit on the sideline all day you want and give me all these little different things, but there's certain things that you get when you're able to go out there and can compete against another man who's not on your same team. You, the, the speed is different. The, the consequences matter. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different things that play into this factor of having those games and having those reps and the mindset, everything, tackling. And, and, and most importantly, what it does for your team is it gives you realistic film. It gives you an opportunity to sit back and now see someone else. Because when you get in training camp, most of the veteran guys on that team, whether it be offensively or defensively, they're going to be able to pick up what you do because they're seeing it every single day on film. It's the only thing that they're focusing on. So a lot of the sets, a lot of the formations, a lot of the splits, by the, by, by, by the second, third week of training camp, I've already figured out what this is and have a good guesstimation of, of what you're about to run. So it becomes a little bit more difficult to, to really get a live look. And even when you're kind of going live, it ain't really live. But when you get in that preseason game against someone who doesn't know you, don't care about you, trying to win a job, trying to win a spot, and when you put that on film, now I can realistically go back and teach off that. And so to me, and this is just for me, I've, I've, I've come to the conclusion that I'm going to just chalk up week one as preseason game number three and the official season of the Dallas Cowboys start 
this Saturday <laughs> against Atlanta. All right. Can we just erase see, that game? See, the bottom line is this right here. You always churn in the bottom half of your roster. From player maybe 46 on back, you look at these guys. And that's where the guys like me and Jesse Holly, the free agents, the sixth and seventh round picks, have a chance to show what we can do, especially in the first two games, because we're going to get three quarters. We're going to get uh, a half. You know, and, and that we get a chance to go out there and show what we can do and what we have learned. And it helps you make decision on guys. Where this year here, the Cowboys said, we're keeping our draft picks. Well, it could have been some veteran guys that they got rid of that could have helped this team, but nobody played in the preseason. So you don't get a chance to evaluate this fresh and new talent and people that you're bringing in off the street. So uh, preseason does matter. If it ain't but one or two games, it matters because it gets guys hyped and ready to go. And it, and it gives your coaches a rhythm. It gives your coaches a game day rhythm. And, and that's important as well because they haven't had that. They haven't been able, you know, like I said, they just got in training camp. So it's it's so hard when you when you have, you know, usually you use OTAs and mini camps and rookie mini camps and all that kind of stuff. You use that as, as, as your foundation. So by the time you get in training camp, you're building off of that. This year has been a completely different year. You didn't have that opportunity. So you had to be able to come in and lay the foundation and you don't even know if it's set right. You know, sometimes you got you got to have you got to let foundation sit a little while. Let that sit a little while before you begin to build the blocks on top of it. Well, you come into training camp and now you're saying, listen, you got four weeks. You got four and a half weeks. You got to be able to come in. And this is the first time. Think about this, fellas. This was the first time that Coach McCarthy, Mike Nolan, Kellen Moore got an opportunity to physically touch, see, like in front of the whites of their eyes, saw the whites of their players' eyes for the first time all year. There's so much to this. We talk about relationships. There's so much to learn, you know, like about a person, their temperament, their their attitude, what they like, what they don't like. And then I get a chance to see them work on the football field. So there was so much that was missed in that training camp time uh, that you didn't have in the OTAs in the offseason. It just was a unique situation. It gives your coaches a chance to get into a rhythm, to, 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 to call plays, to see down the distance, timeouts, all that kind of stuff, scenarios that you can't even think of at times in practice. So, again, this 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 week is going to be a really telling sign of what this Cowboys team is going to be able to do for the rest of the year. Fellas, I want I – want, go ahead, Nate. And that's what I was trying to say yesterday is the fact that I'm just going to look at this game for what it is because Coach McCarthy has, for the first time in over a year, seen what the live bullets are like in this new NFL for him. So I think he even said in his um, presser after the game the next day, he said, I- I'm ready now. I- I- he basically said, I'm ready. I see what it's about, and I see what can happen. That means he's, that what, he's, what he's telling me without saying it in a long speech is, okay, I can help Kellen Moore, and I can help Coach Nolan be better coaches because I see it now. Fellas, time to take a break. I want to know when we come back, what in the hell are we going to do about the tight end position? That and so much more when we come back from this break on Hanging with the Boys. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. Otterbox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their elevation tumblers? And Otterbox elevation tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce growler. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. It's football season, and when you're tailgating with your friends and your family, you want the best meat on your grill. Pettigene Meats makes the best hot dogs, the Pettigene Griller, or the all-beef franks will score. To complete that tailgate meal, Pettigene Meats has hickory smoked sausage, hot links, Polish sausage, and the best hickory smoked bacon and ham around. Available at your local retailer. And a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. It's Pettigene Meats. Taste the difference. We can't wait to see the Cowboys back on the field, and we can't wait to pack AT&T Stadium to watch them play. When that time comes, SeatGeek is the place to get all of your tickets, plus tickets to the hundreds of games, concerts, rodeos, and other live events we'll all be able to enjoy again soon. Every SeatGeek purchase is protected by a buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. SeatGeek. Let's go. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yo Quiero, Yo Quiero Guacamole. Back to Hanging with the Boys. Back to the SWBC Mortgage Living Room Live in Frisco, Texas. Jesse Holly enjoying those delicious Wingstop mm-hmm. wings. I'll get to that here in just a second on why Good we stuff. are eating and stuffing our face on the show. But first, don't miss your chance to get tickets to see your Cowboys at AT&T Stadium this season. A limited, very limited number of tickets are on sale now. Get yours today at DallasCowboys.com tickets. And let me tell you why we got Wingstop today. I will tell you that they oh. brought back the Cowboys hot lemon flavor is back. Now, if you haven't tried it, it's their original hot rub combined with the lemon pepper sauce, and it's called the Cowboys hot lemon. It's a fan favorite. It's one of my favorites. It, I like the original stuff. hot. I like the lemon. You put it together, and I like it even more. You can order your flavor today at wingstop.com or on the Wingstop app. Uh, the, lim- the Cowboy hot lemon flavor is available for classic wings, boneless wings, or crispy tenders. We'll tell you a little bit more about that in the show. Thank you, Wingstop, for the delicious food. Jesse is definitely enjoying it. He What's is on your hat? It. What's on your hat today, Jesse? What is that? Is that a is that a Tar Heel hat? No, I can't my tell brother. what that is. What Jersey, is that? Jersey hat. That's the state of New Jersey. Oh baby. my goodness! Oh my goodness! Shout Bring out to all Jersey. my people back in Jersey. Shout out to Roselle. Shout out to the 908. Yeah. All right. Well, Shannon Gross joined by Jesse Holly, Nate Newton, Kurt Daniels. Nate, you brought it up all ago, so let's go that direction first. You you said the Falcons have it figured out at wide receiver. They got three good, solid wide receivers, two studs. They got an up-and-coming young guy. 
to me, there's a lot of similarities between the Cowboys and the Falcons. The, the, the Falcons have traditionally, since Matt Ryan's been their quarterback, they've had stud wide receivers. They've had a really good running game, with usually with a one-two combo at running back. They've had it all the offensive tools. They just haven't been able to put it together and make a deep run in the playoffs. That's similar to what the Cowboys have been in, in recent years and, and maybe even this season is you've got all these offensive weapons. You've got a quarterback that shows flashes of being an elite quarterback, but then sometimes doesn't quite win the game for you, which, you know, Matt Ryan has been clutch a lot in his career, but then there's some questions there sometimes with him. Are the Cowboys a different version, the NFC East version of the Falcons? Uh, I'd say like zero, man. The, the Falcons have been a mystery because they hired Coach Dan Quinn, who's a defensive-minded coach, and he was supposed to set this defense in place, you know, and it, and it hasn't happened. But, this, but what's been the heart and soul of this team for years and years has been Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and they had a great tight end that's no longer with them in Gonzalez. But they went out and got Hayden Hurst. They went out and got Todd Gurley. And as this game was being played, you saw a lot of Todd Gurley. But you see, you saw a lot of Julio Jones. Uh, he's that guy from between the 20s. And then you, Ridley is the guy that's been scoring the most touchdowns these last few years, Kevin Ridley out of Alabama. And then uh, Russell Cage has grown. I mean, uh, all of these guys caught for over 100 yards. And it was late in the game, but early in the game, they were competing hard against um, Seattle, and they was playing. Like I said, it was it was 14-12 before this thing got the lid blew off of by some bad special team plays and some uh, just a few uh, bad mistakes. But I, I tell you, man, the Cowboys cannot get behind on this team. This is a momentum team. If, if you miss a field goal or don't get a field goal and they go down and score and get up by 10 points, and then you unleash that defense on them because that's where Quinn will be at his best when when we when when they're behind and the Cowboys behind. You got to play these guys uh, tit for tat. I don't know how it'll be a close, low scoring game. I don't know if it'll be a high scoring game, but I do know that Atlanta has the ability to score. That that was my question. Can they win this game if they, if the Cowboys don't score thirty points? Now Jesse, I'm gonna let you go with that one, then, my friend. <laughs> no. No, I, I, I'm I gonna think st- you're right. I'm going to stand this year where I stood last year, and, and it kind of almost it got it got me fired in the sense. <laughs> this Cowboys team has to score 30 points a game. I said it last year. I'm going to say it again this year. The way that they're designed and set up, and I, to Nate's point, I 100% agree. If you get behind on this Falcons team, they're going to run it up on you. Where, where the Falcon team is uh, find themselves in troubling places is when they have to come from behind. Yes, sir. And 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 this Cowboys team, you got to control the clock, you got to convert on third downs, and you got to get into the red zone. And we don't. I, I don't want to see Greg Zerline unless he's kicking an extra point. That's what you have to do against this Atlanta Falcons team, because if not. I can guarantee, in my Charles Barkley voice, I can guarantee they're going to come and try to bully us again. They're going, they're, they watched the same film everybody else watched. And so if this Cowboys team can't come out defensively and be stout and stand up and, and let them all hang out, 
and say Todd Gurley is not going to run on us. And Todd Gurley and, and Hurst are not going to catch the ball all over the field on us. Our linebackers, you're going to have to cover. Todd Gurley's another back that is, that is multidimensional. Hurst is another tight end is going to be able to do some things all across the middle. But if you let this team get ahead on you, you're going to be fine. That's when they get there. That's when Matt Ryan's at his best. When he can get up on you, except for in the Super Bowl, but when he can, he can get up on you, that's, that's, that's when they start flowing because now they can take more chances. And they got one of the best. When you're talking about taking a chance downfield, they got one of the best in the National Football League that when they take a shot down the field, he probably 9.99% of the time, he probably going to haul it in. So if, you, if you're letting them go out there and do that and get that rhythm, you're, going, you, you're setting yourself up for a very long day at the office. And you don't want to have that at, 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 at home against the Falcons. The, sure. and their offensive line is not bad. I'm telling you, if you go back and watch this film, Gurley was going to be a factor. They was going to make Gurley be a factor. And like I said, when they got into that third quarter where they started making their mistakes, you know, Gurley was a factor. Gurley looks sharp. He looks crisp. If one guy benefited from no preseason, just being able to strengthen his knees and his legs and the muscles around, this guy had a chance to benefit. That He looks different. When you see him in that Falcon uniform wearing number 21, he looks different. He is different. Uh, and they're and they going to feature him. And uh, so when, when we look at this team, I'm with you, man. Poe, Antoine, uh, uh, Tyron, Ty, uh, Crawford. They, these guys are going to have to be a, a factor. They're going to have to be a factor this week. What, okay, what about on the other side of the ball? Jesse, you were talking about we can't get bullied again. And obviously the Rams, you know, they picked on Connor Williams. Our right tackle is new or inexperienced. And you look at their, the Falcons' defensive line. I mean, Jared in the middle is a pro bowler. And you got McKinley on that. who will be, He'll be facing the right tackle a lot. I mean, he's, he's <coughs> tough to handle. How are they going to fix these problems? How are they going to make that offensive line any stronger? It, it, it was not the whole offensive line. Yeah, but that, how, do you right fix the, how do you fix the, right. the weak links? Okay, how you do that, just play better. Uh, I'll repeat this and have no problem with it. Grady Jackson, Grady Jarrett, as good as I think he is, he is not number 99. <laughs> I, 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 is. I, that's, okay, if, if, if you know that, then it's easy. Connor Williams is a, a above average left guard. He played a superstar, and he whooped him. Our right tackle did not play as bad as people think. Yes, Tack McKinley had a great game last last week, but can they do it? Is our offensive line that bad? No, it's not. A few things here, a few things there, a few techniques uh, fixes, a few scheme fixes. This offensive line should be all right. They ain't went from just nice to just terrible. You just ran into the wrong guy in the first week of the season. That's good if to that, hear. Yeah, yeah, I mean. And, and then from the schematic scheme of things, you know, once they, they, they clean up all the other, you know, technical things that you can work on in practice, you, you, you have to be – this league now, everyone is so big, they're so strong, they're so fast – and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it gets done to us all the time. 
How do they neutralize us? What do teams do to neutralize our pass rushers? They move the pocket. They move the quarterback. They play action pass. They do misdirection. So you have to sprinkle those things in throughout the course of the game to keep them guessing. If you just line up and come forward, th- like that is the simplest, most predictable way to get whooped. If you just, unless you're just that much better than me. And again, I don't think, now if you had told me this was our offensive line of four years ago when everybody was healthy, five years ago, okay, cool, we can line up and come right at you because our athletes, our Jimmys and Joes are way and far more superior than your Jimmys and Joes. We aren't there anymore. We aren't there. It, it, is, it is equal as far as players. I'm not saying that some aren't better than the other, but it's, it, this isn't this big disparity across the offensive line to oppose to the defensive line and, and vice versa. So what we have to do offensively is we have to be able to move. We have to be able to misdirect. We have to be able to get people going in one direction while we're going in the other direction. Because it allows those guys who may be struggling with just straight up and down technique to be able to now to get on edges, to create some sort of advantage for themselves and for the play. Like all of those things are, are, are we have to, we get, it gets done to us so much. People do it to us week in and week out. And, <laughs> and, and, and for some reason, we think we could just line up and go forward at people. So how do you negate those things? Move misdirection, play action pass, just so we can get those defenders to pause for a second. Let me tell you the good thing about DallasCowboys.com is that you get all the latest news, all the breaking news. Let me tell you the bad thing about DallasCowboys.com. They are solely, <laughs> they are solely working for the Dallas Cowboys. So if you're not going to take a little time and watch a little film and see what other teams are doing, your world gets real small. <laughs> so I'm just being honest. I'm, I'm, being, I'm being honest. And I, and, I, and, I, and I called Kurt last night. He's a part of DallasCowboys.com. I talked to Jesse periodically during the year. I talked to Dave Hellman. If I need to know something about a Dallas Cowboys player, I, I, I call these guys. But I can't tell you about Grady Jackson through the Dallas Cowboys, Grady Jarrett through the DallasCowboys.com. I can't tell you about Kevin Ridley through the DallasCowboys.com. You have to go out and see, and you have to go out and watch other people's schemes and how they move around. Uh, Russell Wilson got sacked three times last week. But you know what? The next three or four plays, just what Jesse said, they rolled him out. They moved him around. They play action pass. They got they, they motion somebody's cross there. And I told y'all yep. last week, and I told – my man, Kurt, last night, we, we talked about, I said, Kurt, I hate to say this, but I thought I was watching our linebackers. I thought it was part of the exorcist because the way they <laughs> got their head spinning all around, not knowing where to go, that was sad. I thought it was the exorcist, dog. If you go back and look at and see, that's what I tell people. It's one thing to talk and to – it's one thing to talk and to read what somebody else has printed. It's another thing to go and see that thing for yourself. All right, fellas, we got to take our last break. When we come back, what the hell are we going to do at tight end? And we'll talk a little more Cowboys, Falcons. When we come back on Hanging with the Boys. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. OtterBox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. OtterBox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their elevation tumblers? And OtterBox elevation tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce growler. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. It's football season, and when you're tailgating with your friends and your family, you want the best meat on your grill. Pettigene Meats makes the best hot dogs, the Pettigene Griller, or the all-beef franks will score. To complete that tailgate meal, Pettigene Meats has hickory smoked sausage, hot links, Polish sausage, and the best hickory smoked bacon and ham around. Available at your local retailer. And a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. It's Pettigene Meats. Taste the difference. We can't wait to see the Cowboys back on the field, and we can't wait to pack AT&T Stadium to watch them play. When that time comes, SeatGeek is the place to get all of your tickets, plus tickets to the hundreds of games, concerts, rodeos, and other live events we'll all be able to enjoy again soon. Every SeatGeek purchase is protected by a buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. SeatGeek. Let's go. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yo Quiero, Yo Quiero Guacamole. Back to Hanging with the Boys. Speaking of, today, fellas, is National Guacamole Day. So get you some Yo Quiero, Yo Quiero Guacamole. Man, we we are just sponsored out today. Because we're coming live from the SWBC Mortgage <laughs> Living Room. We got National Guacamole Day. Invite Rowdy to your next virtual event. Rowdy will do stuff for money. Go to DallasCowboys.com slash Rowdy <laughs> to get Rowdy to do stuff for money for you. And Wingstop did stuff for us today for free. Thank check, you. Check these bad boys out. That is the new Cowboys Hot Lemon flavor. It's a combination of original hot and lemon they deliver now go to wingstop.com to get flavor delivered right to your door or get on the wingstop app and they'll deliver to you thank you big shout out to wingstop thank you so much and we got about eight minutes fellas and i want to know what the hell is this team going to do at tight end with blake jarwin going down i actually saw dalton schultz make some really good catches in training camp i thought he was going to step in and step up Two balls hit him right in the hands. He dropped them. I don't have a lot of confidence. This is typically a team that, you know, we, we talk about Jason Witten for the last couple of years. He's slower. He's, he's you know, he, he does, he's lost a lot of steps. He's a, you know, some people thought he was a progress stopper. But the fact is, now that he's gone, you don't have anybody that's reliable. One thing you could do, you could rely on him to run the right route. You could rely on him. Most of the time, he had a couple of drops there the last couple of years of his career. 
But most of the time, he runs that Y option on third down, and he picks up a, a crucial third or fourth down for you. Now, for the first time in a long time, you don't have anyone that's a reliable option at tight end. Does that matter with the way this offense is set up and the receivers that you have and the running backs that you have? Do you need to go find a reliable tight end that can get you seven, six, seven, eight hundred yards this season? Or do you just need somebody that can sit in mm -hmm. and block and you're good for the rest of the year? What do you guys think? We have everything that we need, okay? This goes back to the spoiled brand of, of, of football that we've been accustomed to. We, we don't have to have the greatest guy at every single position. Mike McCarthy spent a lot of his career in Green Bay with rosters far less talented, far less talented than the one he has right now, okay? And I'm not turning my back on my boy Freaky Mike just yet. <laughs> but my goodness, golly. I, I mean, come on, fellas. Come on. If we can't find a way to get uh, Dalton Schultz up to speed, and hell, you just drafted CeeDee Lamb in the first round. If you, if, if, if you got to go 11, more 11 personnel, fine. Go 11 more, more 11 personnel. Do whatever it is you have to do. But we have enough. There is more than enough talent on this football team as it is currently constructed, especially offensively. And, and Mike McCarthy, you made your way and you made your name and you made your stamp across this league by being able to take less and make more. We've watched you do it for years upon years upon years. We want to see it again. We've watched Mike McCarthy develop players for years and years in years, we want to see it done again. That, that's, the part, that's the part about coaching. You have to be able to bring guys in, young guys, develop them, make them into players, and then incorporate them into your system. We're, we're not going to be able to go out and sign every damn free agent in the market <laughs> or every name that comes available. We have more than we need right now. Yeah. Ain't right now, out there, nobody today, out there anyway. we have what we need. The, the bottom line. Find a way. Find a way to make these guys productive. Find a way to make these guys uh, active. Find a way to make these guys available and do what it is you have to do. I am sick and I am tired of hearing every time someone goes down or something goes wrong that we need to go and get this Joe guy and that Jake guy and this guy and sign so-and-so. No, we are the most talented offensive roster in the National Football League. Not just the NFC East, not just the NFC. Man so. for man, player for player on our offense, we have the most talent compiled right now. Damn it, figure it out. Woo. Jesse, Nate, that was good. Nate, Nate, was the, Nate before you jump this. in, I, I want to know real quick, Jesse, how do you really feel about that? <laughs> uh, that's the lim that's the lemon pepper spice getting into it. Yeah. Hot and sweating. Spicy, spicy. <laughs> Cowboy lemon pepper. Sorry, Nate, go ahead. Uh, let me say this right here, fellas. And 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 see, I've been a cowboy for over forty years, my friend. And one thing that this team has lacked in the last few years, and I tried to say this to you guys off air and on air, what happens when you get a player that is in his last years 
and you don't develop a Schultz that has been here three years, this is what this is what you get. He has to come in the game and learn the game. So now we're saying, oh, what do we need to do about tight end? We should have thought about that two or three years ago. <laughs> you yep. you build a team for today and for tomorrow. And when you don't have the best, that's why on on this level, coaching is so key to be able to say, okay, what can Schultz do that that uh that this other guy can't do, or what what is his assets? And you and you find those and you work within those. Now sometimes you're gonna be put in an awkward position as an athlete, but your competitive edge should get you through it. Uh, and we bring it back with the right. This is for the right tackle, Steele who's an undrafted free agent, uh, they're going to have to find ways to help this kid. And he's going to have to grow up fast. And he's going to have to stay in his playbook. You know, and you got to do extra. Same with my left guard. You got to stay in your playbook. You got to watch extra field. You got to give yourself an edge. And this is called player development. And that is what we've been missing around here for the last five or six years, trying to hold on to guys that can't play can only do minimal amount of things, then you never let the guys behind them grow. And then we finally give these guys opportunity to play, we panic. You know, and we'll get into it again this year. We're like, okay, what about this guy? What about that guy? Well, you know what? We got Joe Thomas as the backup linebacker. We have uh, uh, Justin Marshall as a backup linebacker. We have Francis Bernard as a backup linebacker. Let these guys play. So when we get to the end of the year, and we trying to make a playoff run, this won't be new to them. Kurt, we had some news come down while we were in the break about Sean Lee. Yeah, well, it's he's having surgery for hernia, is that it? So he's definitely out for a while. So it'll be interesting wet. to see. What is wet? Sean Lee's hurt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it'll be interesting how, you know, you talk, Nate, about bringing in some of these, giving these young guys a chance, maybe that, specifically with tight end maybe they were set back last year with Witten coming back and but now you've got a chance for a guy like Francis Bernard to maybe get some playing time at linebacker uh the young kids at the tackle it'll be interesting to see if they do give these guys a chance or if they go with the old reliables of the Joe Thomas and, and that sort of thing so yeah you got to play them regardless whether if this guy's on your roster everybody can't be a special teams player yeah if this guy's on your roster he's got to have some value especially if you're the second guy at Mike, the second guy at Will, you have to have some value. You have to be able to play. You have to have something that you can offer this team. And, and I'm with you, Jess. That's why I didn't cut you off earlier when you was going on your rant. It is so true. We are spoiled in thinking that Mr. Jones should go out and just blow the salary cap so we can have every best free agent in the world. It don't happen. It's teams out there that's winning with less. Winning. Not surviving, well, you know, winning. You know what? We won today because Wingstop, thank you so much for dropping the wings on Wing Wednesday. Check out that now new you sound Cowboys like a flavor. Man. We appreciate it. We got to get out of here. Jesse Holly, thank you so much. Great, great point there at the end. Nate Newton, thank you so much. Some great insight as always. Kurt Daniels. Thanks for asking dumb questions that all of us are afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's thanks for keeping us on the air. Wingstop, thank you so much. Bring the wings anytime. You are the true MVP of this show. Thank you, Wingstop. Chris Beam, thanks for keeping us on the air. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to talk a little Cowboys defense, a little Falcons offense. And I'm starting to get back on the boat. 
I'm not quite yet on it. I got the life preserver. I got one leg over the rail. Y'all are talking <laughs> to me about getting back on the boat. We'll see if I can get there by Friday. Thank you for hanging out. And this has been Hanging with the Boys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!